Welcome back to the Key in the Lake podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with the mention of whiskey in its title. Hey, this is Jake coming in live from Warehouse Liquor. Yeah, that's right. Not my basement. As the Blue Angels are flying over Chicago for the Air and Water Show, we sit in the loop of Chicago to drink whiskey and have a very thoughtful conversation about what we really care about and no one else really cares about. So <laughs> with me today, I'm joined by three gentlemen that are a part of that conversation to continue on what we talked about about a month ago in our last round table at this delightful spot once again, in the south part of the loop of Chicago, but not South Loop. Or is it South Loop, Zach? It's South Loop. It's South Loop. Never mind. Ignore what I just said. Also with us today, Zach Rye. Hey. Manager of the upstairs. <laughs> it's, a thunder, it's the Thunderbirds now. Oh, that's right. The yeah. Blue Angels are on. Mm-hmm. Are they furloughed still or something? I, I don't know no. if Blue Angels got, like, Me too or canceled for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. But, yeah. It's they drew a penis in the air. <laughs> That'll do it. I already it apologized. Like right, it was right when I got out of the car that what, the first one zoomed over scared the shit out of me. Also, like, I'm never ready for. I knew it was this weekend, and I'm never ready for it. Yeah, I tried living right by the lake. It's really scary. Um, that sounds terrible. <laughs> it is. I actually don't mind it. But also with us is Eric Rosentreder of Old Elk. Hi. Well, well what, what introduce yourself there? I was, I was channeling Matt. Yeah, Brown. and um, <laughs> sep- er, replacing Callum because still no one's heard from him in months. Oh, a little wondering where that boy is wandering through the world. He but went to a football game. He's never coming back. Like a high school football game? No, like they call it over there. Right. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> over there. They over get there. rowdy. They do. Yeah. Especially what, uh, where he's from. He's probably he's, under he's the bleachers. He's Scottish, right? Yeah, he's Scottish, but yeah. he's a Liverpool fan. Oh, okay. His whole town's Liverpoolians. Good man. That's going to get hmm. him beat up. Yeah, by, by me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and also with us is Chris Blantner, uh, director of the Bourbon Charity and the owner of the Urban Bourbonist, and will not let go of the Suburban Bourbonist of Steve Malloy. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. <laughs> That's funny. That's but funny. Um, yeah, we're here to kind of continue on what we were talking about a month ago, also to continue our conversation that was uh, very uh, upsetting to some, very polarizing to others about last week's topic of are single barrels dead, including Zach Rye, who... No. Dismisses the entire conversation. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> I, I think maybe I offended Zach in some way. I no. I I have a few things to say about it. First, the first thing I have to say, and the first topic that I had that I didn't want to tell you about first. Oh, is, you're holding out on us. Yeah. What seventies like porno did you steal the music from for the intro to the song it's, or the the podcast? Oh gosh, I can't remember the band's name. Been using it for so long. Um, did you get the permission? No, because it's only 10 seconds, so you can't... Ah, uh, sorry. Yeah. sorry. Every time, I'm like, hmm. I think it's called Elephant, maybe, or something like that. Oh, I don't they're a jazz watch, band. I don't want to watch that one. No, I meant the, the porn movie. That oh, you, no, it's there actually... Uh, that song was released in, like, 2018. <laughs> Are you serious? Oh, wow. yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> it does work well. It does. All right. Yeah. It was, that was actually Wilson's choice. I had much more of a rock... Uh, intro i think i might have recorded myself it's a whiskey podcast why didn't you go with like something more americana i had that maybe, wow. it, was too, really? it was too too on yeah. the nose eric oh you don't it say is it. yeah because that's what everybody talking does. to the microphone oh sorry we can move it closer to you but well. it, it is funny that you said too on the nose because the band's called elephant no oh, okay here you go that's <laughs> a, it's called a trunk <laughs> <laughs> all right yeah, I, I, will, we'll find no, we're doing like meta puns right now. This is kind of, no, no, no. if you do want to, if everyone, anybody who actually wants to sponsor this podcast and pay me money instead of just paying me in whiskey, I'd probably have to get rid of the music because they might come in for copyrights. So 
Anybody who's looking to do that. Oh, yeah. okay. Old Elk, yeah. So because you're doing like as a non-for-profit sort of thing. <laughs> I don't think we're a non-for-profit. Well, uh, not a 501c3, but we're you're doing a, it for... We're for doing it for fun, hopefully spreading the good word, which is whiskey, and telling all the stories about Chicagoland whiskey people and people from all across the country. Do I need to 1099 oh. this? Please. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. <laughs> all right. So I do... Yeah, I want to touch on this, this uh, <laughs> former episode... Um, I think it's your last episode, right? This is our last episode ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keeps asking the Blue Angels. You might not be too far off with that. Stop true. saying Blue Angels. It's, oh, sorry. What is, who is it now? Charlie's Angels. Thunderbirds. Or Thunderbirds. Okay. Yes. They have. They're more yellow than blue, I believe. I don't know. I think so. The I jump, think that's right. The flight suits are yellow. I think that's right. Okay. I'm. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Any end. Um, so all right. I want your guys' stance on this, and this ties into our last round That usually table. helps the conversation. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> is, uh, are single barrels dead? And I think this ties into this conversation that we had last time about craft distilleries. And I think mm-hmm. that you guys are doing more single barrels. Um, but is do you think there's a reason why? Are you trying to you keep up or catch up with the big guys? Like... At Warehouse, we do 150 single barrels a year. Okay. We do a few from a you, Eric, at yeah. Old Elk. Yeah. Um, I want to start a program with you, Jake, as well. Anytime. And that was weird the way that you responded to that. Um, <laughs> but keep in mind. You don't have a camera under the counter. It's getting a little, we've got, a little weird in here. You know, we do so many Wellers. We do Four Roses. We do Buffalo Trace. We do Eagle Rare. Sure. We do Blanton's. We do Sazerac. We do all, like Bowman's. We do all of these different big old companies that have been established for so long right but you also don't do and everything that comes in it's called before very selective finally picked a wheat whiskey of old elk and yeah. for years gene was like eh. yeah he liked it but not enough to put his name on it so i mean there was a like when he finally picked a wheat whiskey a few months ago that's on the shelf now plug um, it is, I, was, I also gave it. the final green light on that. Yeah, so that's ten but, bucks. Yeah. So, so that's I ten bucks. Um, <laughs> that's it, <laughs> well, one hundred and fifty for one store for an independent retailer. It's a lot. It's a it's lot. A shit ton. Yeah. I know it's a lot. And but jeans. Do you mean that jeans like, very persistent? No, it's no, really no I think it's amazing. Don't get me yeah. wrong. It's but awesome. you don't buy everything. You're not just doing it. To oh do no, it, we is what ta- I'm saying. We probably taste six hundred. Yeah, for and sure. Six hundred single barrels or six hundred different brands. Six hundred different single barrels. Yeah, so like, let's mm-hmm. say the average brand brings four or five by. Yeah, okay. that's usually yeah. that's pretty standard. Right. Yeah. Um. So when you ask the question, are we? As smaller brands, are we making more? I don't think we're or we're not selling more or putting more barrels out in the market because, for example, I think Russell's does around like oh, yeah. a we thousand a, right now. Yeah, we do a ton of Russell's, right. Kentucky yeah. Spirit, and the Anomaly, which is Old Elk, doing nine hundred that you claim you, know, mm-hmm. you have contention with. I still think he's lying. <laughs> It's oh, me. Silence. I have three feelings oh, left. No. You're not gonna. You're not gonna hurt one of my feelings. <laughs> and that's one of them. Oh, that look of disdain right there. Uh, it's no. Oh. It, full disclosure. It's it's slowing down for us this year. Right. Um, for me, a more accurate depiction on what to expect with single barrels is you have to go back to 2019, because for two years there, people were, especially in the north, where we were abundantly cautious here in Chicago. People were drinking back home. It was open field running for single barrels. Do you think for Old Elk, though, that maybe the increase in price point has something to do with that? 
I don't think so. That's part of the converse, that's part of the conversation. Um, especially because, for an well, independent retailer, I well, have to manage example, their expectations. If you come into the shop and you just want to grab a Buffalo Trace, right. but you're cool and you respect the shop, you respect the employees, I'm probably going to go downstairs Define and cool. grab you. Not we an defined asshole. it. We defined it last time. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't we? Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. 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 Not At least like cordial. you, Eric. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna probably go downstairs and grab you a Buffalo Trace single barrel pick. Sure. Oh, sure. And it's the exact same price. I'll buy two six packs of Bud Light if I can get one. Sure. <laughs> you want me to make the joke so bad? I'm not gonna. Do no, it. I'm just. I just think it's funny to drink Bud Light now. So it is. Yeah. Anyway, sorry for interrupting. <laughs> can't tell if you want to punch me or kiss me. Anyhow, For me like, it's, you have if like, I have a Bud Light, it'll all depend. You have like the inexpensive <laughs> single good. barrels, the inexpensive single barrels, Buffalo Trace, Elijah Craig, stuff like that. Well, for like, me, that's more of like a that, building a relationship with your customer that Bowman than that it you, is for. You just tried. That was great. It's, uh, it's under $40. Yeah, that's great. And it's a single barrel. That does, barrel that does more for you, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that does more for you building trust with your clients than it does for Bowman at this point or Buffalo Trace. Yeah, but what And then they come you... back like, I really like that. Hey, well, I want to take a gamble and get that $80 bottle or sure. get that $150 single malt or whatever because you've built that trust. Well, what do you think? And actually, I want your opinion on this the most. What do you think about shops when you go in and you don't act a fool and all of a sudden <laughs> what i can't say act no i just think <laughs> I just, i'm trying to imagine chris like oh. coming in belligerent and be like where the fuck are your single barrels <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little stabby on the red line chris is known but for his then, rowdiness then you you suddenly know that yeah i've got like four different eagle rare picks in the back i've got a few blanton's picks in the back i've got a four roses like i've got all this cool stuff in the back that we don't shelf does that give you a bad impression of the shop or a good impression of the shop? I feel like it would give you kind of a bad impression of the shop in a way. Yes. I, I'm i not one that agrees with uh, keeping everything in the back. Like, especially yeah. if you have, what are you doing with three Eagle Rare single barrels in the back? It's meant you to know? sell. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. what I think. Right. And like, if you have them, I'd prefer to be able to walk in and see them yeah. on the shelf and know that they're there. Yeah. And I think why we do it is because there's we put three or four on the shelf, one guy's going to come in, buy them all, and then they're going to be on a Facebook group in you know, two minutes. I can so see we that. want them to go around, but I don't think like there's, there's, a, there's no way to perfect this business model anymore with the no. way that bourbon enthusiasts I, are. I think the more important thing is to pick a lane, too. Mm. Is like if you're going to put them out there, put them out there. Have it be a limit one or whatever. Yeah, that's, that's cool. If you're not going to cultivate clients or regulars or stuff like that, that's on you as well. You're still making like, money. Sure, but you you know you look at like what Gene does here, what you do here. It, it's like you guys don't charge more for a single barrel expression of whatever it, brand X. Yeah, but we're uh, for Buffalo Trace. Like we're trying to figure out where like we separate just pure capitalism to mm-hmm. like some form of like a culture and what we do. Sure. I mean, for example. And I think I made this analogy last time, but I love it and I use it all the time. If I sold my car, CarMax is not going to blacklist me and be like, whoa, we sold you that car. You can't sell it. You can't shop here anymore. But right, hmm. right. stores, yeah, a lot that's of good, stores, that's a, good a lot of stores like, like Warehouse and independent stores will do that. I personally, and thank God, Gene does not know how to use the internet 
at all. Or we would not be doing this podcast up no, here. No, most likely. He's not, he's not <laughs> we even are on, on camera <laughs> from up there. He's so. not even on dial-up. He tries to get the internet through a can on a string. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 um, I love Eugene. But I really, I, I don't care what anybody does with their bottle after. Uh, so this is another topic we were going to talk about. Is I, I think there's five types. Can I ask you a question before we get into that? Mm-hmm. Converse, next conversation is, are there any small brands you're you guys or other retail stores are like putting in the back and not showing to their customers or is it only no yeah no no there's not do you think that will happen um i think like if we pull in right now honestly i think that blonde brothers are probably and some of the the super rare smoke wagon things that are still somewhere Mm -hmm. popping around what is it the new one the desert rose or desert something i don't know I can't keep up. Um, I, uh, I don't either. I like their. I mean, I, I like what he does. It just, uh, mm-hmm. it just, I'm nothing against him. I just can't yeah, keep up with everything. Yeah, un- uncut, unfiltered. I really like. Oh but yeah, it's. Mm-hmm. I was just drinking the other night. I'm like, God, it's such a good whiskey. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's just good. a little overpriced. What's it at now? I don't know. Like 99 or something. Oh, it's that like that? Or 95. Now? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's probably creeped up there. Yeah. I guess I should save for my bottle a little bit more. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, no, it, and it's weird. I mean, I think because we touched on this a little bit of people drinking the brand instead of the whiskey. Sure. But yeah, yeah for most sure. Of the stuff. But that's not, that's the goal of the brand. Yeah. I would, and I do wonder. You know, it's interesting too that you named two blending houses right there instead of distilleries. Mm-hmm. Well, Blumbos is a distillery, but I'm guessing yeah. you're talking more about the Nodders. The Nodders, yeah, yeah, that was the exactly. MGP Honey sure. Barrels. Yeah. yeah. That like you know they flip for <sighs> double three times before mm-hmm. the customer who buys it at their distillery gets to their car. Yeah. yeah. I, it used to really bother me to see that. Yeah. And then I just stopped paying attention. Yeah. yeah I kind of thought it's I was for, it's more, you own it. I, you I, can I, sell it. it no, it's exactly yours, right. You and if somebody offered me $3,000 for something I paid 150 <laughs> bucks for, right. you're goddamn right. I'm going to do that yeah, every time. Absolutely. I was just, I would it's, tell it's people, when people do it for the smaller ones, like the people mm. that sell Eagle rare on secondary or whatever it is. Like it, it started with Elijah Craig 12, right. When they dropped the number to the back and everybody saw the writing on the wall with that, mm. but people were buying $30 bottles and selling them for 60 bucks. It's like, how is that worth your time? For one, Dang. like, do you really need thirty bucks that bad? Unless you're selling a case. I was gifted, I yeah, uh, a 2004 birthday bourbon, nice, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and I had a friend was over at the house, and he saw the bottle. I hadn't opened it, oh. and he goes, "I'll give you eighteen hundred for that right now." Like, I'm gonna turn that down. Yeah, fuck no. Yeah. And it Fuck was gifted no. to me in the yeah. first place. Sure, it's sure, not a course. store pick. And I think that that's where a little bit like the lines get blurred. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. because it, sure. when we see warehouse picks up on Facebook groups and things like that. But these that, are the people that are industry adjacent. They're not industry people. No, they're right. not industry people, Except but for what this they do something for eighteen hundred dollars. Seriously? It's too good to pass <laughs> That out. was a good deal. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I mean no. that's a ten times no, rever- I, return I would, on investment. When I would when I started this podcast, I would have been kind of hesitant to say oh good job and now i'm like yeah who cares Give well yeah. so that's what we have these I people a bottle of whiskey troll. for somebody to fix the radiator on my bm my vintage bmw station yeah, wagon. I sold, like why the fuck would yeah, I, I sold manny a bottle of my collection so that he could drywall his mom's apartment mm-hmm. and felt fine about doing that i met this totally. couple at franklin room the other day the guy um was like i might have told us on the podcast sorry if i have but he just moved to chicago about a year ago from new york and they had him and his fiance at the time, now married, moved from LA to New York over the pandemic. 
and when he got to New York, he brought all of his whiskey with him. And right. one of his, as he described him, finance bro friends offered him a lot of money for his collection, and he turned them down. The next week, this is like 2001, so kind of when the height of everything is super high, um, it's like comes back with even more money offering it. And so he's like, I was too dumb not to take it. And I still got to hold on to 200 bottles. I'm like, well, how many did you sell? He's like, over 600 bottles. Because I've been collecting whiskey since 2008 yeah. in like San Diego, LA area, getting really great deals on yeah. on everything from you know the Wellers to everything Sazerac and anything you want to find from Old Forester. And he's like, with that money, we decided to move to Chicago, bought a house, and went to Hawaii. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. And he's like, and I still have really good whiskey that I got to hold yeah, on to from that. Sure. Like, and, and I'm like, the yeah. boom's not going to last. No. No, it's not. Nice. No, yeah. the, the salad days are coming to an end. And if, that, if you yeah. ask me, I mean that's just that's kind of what I was years. getting at. With that last podcast was more that was more of the question is like the boom coming to an end faster than we think it's going to. More than like our single barrels dead. It, it, for me, it's I feel like single more. barrels are such a catalyst right now for what the, what's happening inside of the whiskey boom since you know let's call it 2014, mm-hmm. um, whatever you want to call it yeah. time frame. That's the craft you know start around 2010, 2011. They start growing up, producing young whiskey. Um, nowadays, it's kind of like what's happening with with distilleries right after Prohibition. They're putting out whatever they had in stock, mm-hmm. yeah. and they're putting out really young whiskey. Things yeah. like like Jim Beam was putting right. out young whiskey, and then they started growing up. And before you knew it, these small distilleries were getting bought out by the big guys, which is happening right now. Yeah, and then that's, they started putting out eight year old whiskey. The analogy is right there in history. We just have to look back to it. Sure, and that's that's where the interesting that's what I'm super interested in right now, especially with Penelope getting purchased, mm. uh, Blue, Blue Run, sure. stuff like yeah. that that like I immediately I go to beer right away because everything that's happened in whiskey happened in beer first it's it's like that whatever that episode where the Simpsons did it first it's like that well and I it's mean, are, are people building that, these brands to be sold which oh, is for oh, sure oh, yeah. if that's what they the want to do that you mentioned and that's the interesting thing that was the model is yeah. that bad for whiskey and that's what we talked about with like coffee shops I mean that was that was the goal the third wave you? coffee Hmm. Era, like the third wave coffee era kind of yeah yeah but like both my coffee shops the the goal was to get bought out and did you get pushback did you I, get pushback from that from like the coffee purists or like well that's harmful to coffee yeah like that and sort you of know thing. what like, dude for one you know why i didn't care because you got money i got money yeah <laughs> for sure for sure yeah. that's very unromantic to wait to look at it that way though you, you, you use romantic a lot on the last episode just mm-hmm. so you know. cool. i used fetish <laughs> Mm. Sure. Sex uh, they're Sex not too far apart. It's um, <laughs> a funny thing. They are yeah. related. Fine yes. lines. Well, it, what, how I think of that question is, you know, what does that do to whiskey? I think about it. What does it more do to relationships with bars and relationships with retailers? That's, because, yeah. Okay, yeah. Look, you look at that. Like, do those one of those whiskeys you just mentioned was trying to buy me out of one of my best cocktail spots in, in the city. And they're like, they're like, no, like we, they're like, no, we're not going to do that. We have a good relationship with Jake and Star Ward. And they've kept like bringing more POS to give them and do all the stuff. But mm-hmm. now what's going to happen to that brand? Is that representative even going to be with the brand anymore? Who knows? Because you, you go and you try to build this brand, push it, push it, push it. You get to a point where other people start investing into you from the outside, being Molson Coors and sell, selling, buying it. What happens to your team? What happens to those relationships you build? What have people invested into you? And all of a sudden they're like, okay, we, can we get your whiskey? Is your whiskey price going to jump up? Sure. What's going to happen to our relationship with that brand if I'm think, thinking as a bar manager or even as a retailer, Zach? Sure. No, I mean, um, man, that's a, that's a really solid point. 
Um, I would swipe a podcast. No, I mean, definitely, there's no doubt. And I've seen it happen in this industry and in my former industry. When when you sell out, you kind of do have to just walk away and say, I don't care. But if you care, it's really, really difficult. Mm, Like, for example, if we were to sell warehouse liquors to a conglomerate and they're going to open multiple stores throughout the city Mm -hmm. and our staff is basically gone and our partners are gone, they just get a little payout maybe and walk away. Well, we just lost something that we really love. And it's not warehouse liquors anymore. It's not. It's, exactly. It's like, you know, the old... At, I, I it's like, know. what's the building worth? What's the brand right, worth? Right. Like that sort of thing. It's well, like, then it's like at that point, it's what are you worth? You know, every, every, yeah. every beam, every little piece of that ship eventually gets replaced and the yeah. original ship isn't gone, even though like there's yeah. a piece of it holding together. No, I mean, I think that in, in general, it, again, going back to like just the general concept of capitalism we all put a we're all putting a price on ourselves yeah and gene actually said one of my favorite things to me years and years and years ago and he goes how much is your time worth mine's worth a thousand dollars an hour decide how much yours is that was one of the first conversations i had with gene when i started working here during the pandemic um we Gene's very open and honest. Like he's like to the point where it's disarming really shitty to people. Buddha. Yeah, <laughs> like like he says he says you're not wrong. Really insightful things, but he's an asshole while he he's does got no it. filter. But and that's I, part of his I filter though is not having a filter. It's he has said to me that I, that resonated so strong that I think about it every day. Um, mm. He that was one of the first very frank conversations I had with him. It was oh, like, yeah, hey, what's going on? begging for money. I was. Um, <laughs> he caught me panhandling outside. He's like, dude, do you want a job? I said, all right, fine. I'll work. Um, We're using Glen Cairn glass. <laughs> and it was about, you know, I'd gotten furloughed slash lost my job like most of us did during the pandemic. I'm like, Gene, this is the number I need to get to for pre-pandemic me <clears throat> to be whole again. Mm-hmm. I had that number in my head, and that's where I needed to be. And and he was like, cool, he got that. I wasn't taking a swipe at him or anything. I was like this. I loved working here. I made lifelong friends and all that. But I had bills to pay. Yeah. You know, and things like that. I, I, I don't know. But if you're in a position to where, if you're in a position to make less money, but you enjoy what you do even more, would you do it? Yeah. Enough money to get by. Like that sort of thing. I. I mean, I think we're probably faced with that a lot. I'm sure, sure. brands approach you and say... And it's frowned upon to be talked about. That's what I hate reason, about. For yeah, some reason. Yeah, and I actually, my coworker, my counterpart in San Diego is recently leaving Star Wars out there. So, um, but he's going to another brand and my boss, Dave and him, the founder, they had like a three-week conversation about it. It wasn't hidden. He's like, hey, I have like this company that I really believe in. Um, I'd have to move from this city to this city, which I'm cool with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not asking for you to match it or counter. I'm not trying to use it as a ploy of negotiation. Sure. It's just another brand that I'm really interested in. And he's, you know, and I'm not sure exactly what his opinion about. Maybe he's taken Star Wars to the point where he can take it to in San Diego, in Southern California. Yep. But at least Sean and my boss, like, were honest about it for weeks. And then he That's came awesome. to the decision and was like, 
Hey, I'm not gonna. And Dave's like, I'm not gonna hold you back. I started a fucking whiskey distillery in <laughs> Australia called Star Ward. Like, you know, like, and I'm here selling it. It's like I, I want to have people believe in. But like, it shows a lot of respect and integrity, though. Right. And how much that. do we get that in? Not just our line of work, but anybody's line of work. Honestly, it depends if, if you have I, an HR department or not. Let's start there. If I went <laughs> out yeah. and decided that I'm gonna start my own liquor store and liquors liquor of store, the warehouse, sure. Gene would be like a. a proud papa right yeah, for sure yeah yeah he would support it completely he would help me in any way he possibly could he'd be proud um when i opened my first coffee shop in chicago after having shops in, in detroit um, i was working for metropolis coffee and when i had announced that i'm leaving to open this coffee shop in logan square tony dreyfus shout out to tony dreyfus will never listen to this at all i don't believe you on the million followers 900 cases million followers i don't believe any of this I had a million followers? <laughs> on the last podcast you think i'd be doing this for I free that was a joke. Followers. <laughs> um, no he let me i each bought follower, each. all of my equipment through metropolis through tony at cost cool. at metropolis he was he was so supportive it's basically for every thousand followers he gets, I give him a barrel of whiskey. If you do the quick math. What That's else were works. you giving out in front great. of the shop when you got this job? I've got a non-disclosure agreement that you had <laughs> that you had me sign before this, Zach. So thank you for testing me on that. Well, I mean, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a really great conversation if we could get one of those distillery or operator owners on to talk about that. And I'm not sure how honest they would be about it. I know my boss because we have Diageo investment behind us. Ooh, okay. Well. Oh, wow, both of us at the same time reacted to that. I'm pretty sure you both knew that. <laughs> I didn't know I that. I didn't actually. know that either. Oh, like we're, we're pretty I'm judging you is what's I happening. Know. I'm totally not. I'm not totally, not. I'm totally not. No, Are you like, gonna, my, my is the name going to change to Darth? <laughs> Darth Vader. Darth, Darth Ward? Yeah. Darth my, Ward. No, but like we're, it's through a, um, like a subsidiary of, Di, of Diageo but it technically goes back to them. And that's the idea they build these brands. And then if Diageo wants to buy you out, they do whatever they have to do. But we're kind of open about talking and that's yeah, cool. I, I'm, I'm not, I mean, it's not my role or position to do it, but my boss definitely, he's like, yeah, it's like, I couldn't do what I'm doing right now without that money. I couldn't have my whiskey sure. outside of Melbourne, maybe outside of like uh, the East coast of Australia. Yeah. Maybe why, I get to Asia. Why do you guys think that Diageo has such this? It's like, it's it like saying, like Voldemort, basically, in the whiskey world or in the, the spirits world in general. People just, uh, second Diageo question. comes up, everybody is like, ugh. And I really don't, I don't have any. Maybe because they just, it would, I'm at the Johnny Walker phenomenon, like, oh, we like use all these distilleries to create that. I know from so I know from this side of our industry, it's because a lot of people lose their jobs once that happens to brands. They buy it, yep. they get bought out. And oh, okay. for sure. That's probably the biggest like. I have noticed that with like brand acquisitions eye. with with spirits and whiskey specifically, is we're not seeing what happened when smaller breweries were acquired. Like all the brew ner- all the beer nerds are like, oh my god, Anheuser Busch buys another thing, and the, like the, yeah. the spirits community is like, yeah, good no, for them. It didn't really change. Yeah, no, it didn't. Them, they're like, just silent. Didn't really change. No, not really. But, but why it, do it's people the, hate it's the, the us versus so them? It's like, oh, I, I I remember seeing that band at the Fireside Bowl for three dollars, <laughs> but now I have to buy their CD for eighteen, <laughs> which dates me because nobody buys I CDs. Like Somebody's supposed to picture My Chemical Romance playing there in like two thousand and one or something too awesome yeah um i mean chris what's your thought of that as somebody 
kind of adjacent to this industry as a consumer? Like, what is what does the word Diageo mean to you? Or does it mean anything? I mean, I, I don't think it, uh, from the consumer perspective, it it really matters. Like, it doesn't matter to me that yeah. Diageo, for example, acquires Starward at some point in time. I think the consumer Maybe. just wants good product. Yeah. You know, sure. and if that means there's going to be more good product because of the acquisition, then great. Which, you know, I think we'll probably, like, with, just the Penelope example mm -hmm. with um, MGP, or I think they're actually under the Luxrow um, umbrella uh, of, yeah, yeah. of MGP. Yeah. Like, if that's going to lead to better whiskey and more uh, whiskey under the Penelope mm -hmm. label, I great. It's, it's a and smart I'm move. pretty they're sure it's probably going to. They're yeah. getting access to their sales teams, like stuff like that. It's yeah. a smart move. Do I mean, you guys find our founder started Otterbox for yeah. Christ's sake? Oh yeah. God, I forgot um, about Otterbox. You look at what Sagamore has Under Armour funding yep. behind it. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, really. If you, if, I mean, Ballard. just how much would you guess if we wanted to do? If we wanted to buy whiskey, get a D, buy bulk whiskey, get a DSP license, hmm. and do that. I mean, you're, that's a lot of money just for the yeah. DSP and the facility to age mm -hmm. on top of maybe whatever barrels you're buying. I mean, you're looking at a million bucks. No do, you, do you guys think that the product sometimes or maybe often or not so often changes when a different company purchases it? Like a, a good example yeah. for me is, um, and Eric can definitely vouch for this, uh, early times bonded the leader <laughs> yeah. with yeah. The, the black plastic top. Yeah. It, it was phenomenal when it was under brown form and Sazerac bought it. It's a totally different product now. It doesn't taste anything like it. No. And they, they sold out to it. And I'm sure that was great for Brown Foreman. Brown Foreman's doing really cool stuff with Jack Daniels right now, <laughs> actually kind of bringing that brand back. I know you're a Tennessee. A little bit. I'm a Tennessee whiskey guy. Tennessee whiskey yeah. guy, mm. I know. Um, Minus Jack, I don't really drink a lot of Jack. Some of the those rare like releases, the single barrels especially, um, mm -hmm. the rye is really mm -hmm. it's nice. Sure, but they're also they're also an example of what I what I was speaking of earlier is that when you see a smaller brand bring an innovation to the table, all of a sudden bigger guys have that same expression because they see how successful it was. Look at Goose Island and Bourbon County Stout; they did that. Then all of a sudden, these monsters Everybody's started doing, doing it too, and that's cool. Mimicry is flattery. But now when it's a battle for shelf space and, and, and occupying consumers' consciousness, too. Because you're going to see that Jack Daniels be like, oh, okay, I yeah. trust that brand. As opposed to a Star Wars or an Old Elk, where maybe they haven't had our whiskey before. Well, I mean, Jack Daniels has this... They're going to be big this year. This Jack's going to make it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but it, that's the same thing, is <laughs> this concept of, like, if a new Coca-Cola company, like somebody who's, like, making soda pop comes out, you're still gonna grab for Coca-Cola, but their risk and reward is like you think peaks and valleys. Doing good. Coca-Cola coffee. Remember that years. when no. the coffee craze was happening. Remember no. Coca-Cola coffee. I have exactly. Like, but there are Mountain yeah. Dew RTDs. Sure, there are, and they're they're fantastic. I'm not gonna lie. Could you? Because you know what you're getting. Well, you I mean, you know what you're getting. Wait, are you serious? You've had one? I've, I've had, had one. one. Yeah. I have not had one. Yeah. But the Sunny D ones. Yeah. What? I almost, Sunny D I has almost a bought seltzer. Them. That's oh, yeah. good. Yeah, it's, it's actually that's good. a whole different. I don't doubt it for marketing a wise. I do it's not a whole different conversation yeah. because they're marketing to kids, and it should be illegal, in my opinion. But well, sure, but they, but that goes into like big money and even like making purchases. Like we seem to be very conscious of where our things come from when it comes to any of these like like. Sort of I am things. Looking it up. Um, 
Wait, no, I had something else. That's I, that's uh, Bush Light Peach has been like my garage beer for the summer. I was doing a staff training at Vinny's on 95th and Oak Lawn last Friday, my last stop of the day. And I see like just a stack of Bush Light Peach. I'm like, I'm grabbing two of those because my fridge is empty in the garage. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking, uh, doing their staff training, um, I forget their buyer's name, and I'm sorry that I do. Wait, he wait. sees me grab these, and he's like, he's like, Bush Light Peach. I'm like, you can judge me out loud all you want. I'm in the southwest suburbs, as my mustache indicates, that I'm very much in the southwest it's suburbs. It's me. It's Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and he's, well, he's like, how many of those have you gone through? I'm like, I don't know. This is probably my fourth and fifth case for the summer. He's like, right. he's like, you're a rookie. He's like, I'm on 15, dude. And I'm like, right <laughs> nice. on. It, it is. It's bush light flavored with peach. Shortcake, by the way. Did you fight him afterwards? The, the sherry finish? <laughs> <laughs> yes, All right, we fought. I'm trying this right. Uh, okay, we so, met in the front room yeah, and had, had a couple, couple two tree good for you over oh, there on the south side. Before we start these, did you still want to talk shit all over Minnick? Uh, oh, wow. I just want to save that. Starting right there. Oh, Let's look at it. how those eyes got big. Hopefully, Chris and I will hang out with him in a couple weeks. <laughs> okay, first of all, let's reel it back a little bit. <laughs> He'll appreciate it. I, I listened to a podcast that he is on, and they started talking about finished whiskeys. And I've known oh, Fred for a while. Yeah, I respect his perspective. Yeah. I don't agree with everything that he says, but that's the beauty you dress of putting though. yourself out there. I know I left my ass, Scott. It's in the wash or dry cleaners or wherever those are cleaned. And he just, they were talking about finished whiskeys and he just wouldn't drop it. He wouldn't drop it. Kind of like single barrels and another podcast that I know. Um <laughs> Wow, that was a ghost. We lost, we, we lost a, uh, we actually a do camera. Have, but we, what was he saying? I'm pretty sure I listened to it. I'm pretty he, sure I listened was, to that it was episode. Minutia, and that was like, it was, he was like, don't call it bourbon. It's like, well, it's oh. not bourbon. It's bourbon finished in because it's, if you're using secondary maturation, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's considered a flavor additive, yeah. whatever. And he just wouldn't let it it's go. And I'm like, it's a distilled spirits specialty. Yes, product. exactly right. Yeah. And, and I was just like, it just got on my nerves. I don't know why. And then he was like, well, you know, and then Henry McKenna 10 happened. And a lot of these things. And he's like kind of claiming that it happened because of San Francisco Spirits Comp, where it got two back to back spirits of the year. And I was like, that was my well whiskey. When I was a bartender, that was my well whiskey. That was the Legend of Zelda whiskey. Because, like, it was a secret to everybody. Like, this is fantastic. It's cheap 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 as shit. It was kind of like the old uh, Heaven Hill bottled and bond, too. You get it for like 12 bucks. Yeah. All right, thoughts great. on Minnick. I'll go unfiltered. I don't care. Are you going to get in trouble? Nothing. Oh, I think... I didn't I, want to talk shit on Fred Minnick. It was that specific podcast. They're like, all right, dude. Like, I happen to really enjoy finished whiskey. As a human, I have nothing bad to say about him. Sure. It's just when, you, when, you're, when you're taking your platform and your audience and you're taking it to that level, mm. I think that's incredibly irresponsible. Because I happen to enjoy finished whiskeys, I think that's part of the innovation that Americans are yeah, finally bringing to the table with our whiskeys. Scots have been doing it forever; they've mastered it. Isn't his stance more of it just shouldn't be? It shouldn't be in the category of bourbon, isn't that? Like, and it's is, not in the category of bourbon. But it kind of is. It kind of is. Like people, people who don't aren't really enthusiasts walk into a store and they see. You know, it's in the bourbon section. Yeah, it's in the bourbon section. They sure. see a, a sherry finished bourbon. I mean, yes, I get it. I understand. Like, it's, it's, it, 
it was bourbon. Sure. And then it was put into another cask, which technically makes it not bourbon. And yeah. I think that's what he's arguing. And he's just arguing and it I, should and be more transparently, like, it should be in its own, like, section. It should be in its own category. Like, this is a finished, like, more... more. So, like, having, like, a bourbon finished in isn't enough of a differentiation with what bourbon is? I think is. that's his stance. I, I, I totally agree. And, agree, and I don't disagree yeah. with a lot of what he says. Okay. What I'm saying, what he was saying, it, it was the fact that it just kind of went off the wheels a little bit. Because he has way too much influence in the specifically the enthusiast category yeah. of what you know this this is all about. So sure, if, but if with Fred that, Minnick tells with you that, to buy something, you're gonna buy it, sure. and then the price well, is gonna sure. go through the roof on it. And then I what, feel what like I'm that's saying, a little overblown these days, but. Kind of, of one his, person's his influence. influence. Yeah, I don't, I don't, know. I don't listen to or read anything he does. So. Um, it was, it wasn't. It's Anymore. not. It's like the guys um, from Pursuit he, United, like yeah, their podcast. He's on, yeah, he's I, I listen to theirs. Yeah. It's part of my regular he rotation. Put out he does above the top one hundred. Yes, yes. And the week that he put out his top one hundred, that weekend, that was to rush every single thing really? that was in the top but ten. I don't was think those are. Was I don't think those for. are enthusiasts. I think those are people who are. They're sucker fish. No, they're, no, like Charles no, Bukowski those would are, call them sucker those fish. Are, those they're are daily people, investors. Yeah, and those are people who are looking for the hot thing to potentially flip. Sure, and so oh, that's yeah, what that's right. one of the things friends, yeah. I wanted to okay. talk about with you guys, and that was something like we'll, we'll loop around because this kind of ties onto an earlier conversation we're having. Sure. Is um, so I, I have a, a good friend. He has a lot of events up here. Fred Minnick. Um, <laughs> yeah. His name is Fred. No, he's gonna murder. He <laughs> could have me murdered me in my sleep. I'm sure. Um, oh, he's gonna come after me first. Because, but uh, he's drinking. He has he's stated. Um, more than a couple times that there's three types of, of bourbon people and so like I have this here but I changed it because I disagree <laughs> um, collectors flippers and drinkers mm-hmm. and um, I don't think it's that's necessarily true and come to find out later after he has preached this numerous time because people are so dumb about this whole process he got called out because he was selling a couple bottles online because his wife told his car. And so it's like, okay, sell some bottles. You yeah, own them. Do whatever yeah. you want with them. You yeah. should pay a bill. But I think anymore, that yeah. there are collectors. And those are the ones that I'm like, kind of a bummer. I open everything. Mm-hmm. Like, literally everything that I Same. bring home, I open. Yeah. Um, and my wife is a big bourbon Except drinker. Except that one so, bottle yeah. of birthday bourbon <laughs> well because I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna pay for my honeymoon with that chick shut up no I, I, I totally agree no I, I would no sorry oh I also got married since last time we did one of these no you got married before you were married just before, before. yeah you got married oh was it just before yeah so well, we, congratulations June 10th congratulations again nice I don't like that you winked at me I can't wink so I did not you did <laughs> you winked you winked I can whistle but I can't wink um no I think uh, I collectors and co- Oh, yeah. That's pretty loud. That was cool. I can do that too. <laughs> can you do like that? I can't really do it. Um, yeah. Gong. Okay, so. Key in the Lake Gong Show. Collectors? Right. No, no, no. So I want, I want a thumbs up, thumbs down, like, or like a yes or no, like if you're cool with it. Collectors? Mm-hmm. It's a category. Yeah, yeah. sure. So For that's sure. cool. Everybody's cool with yeah, a yeah. collector. Okay. I mean, cool in terms of. Like am exist. I cool with people? Yeah. Like you're existing? not judging it. I mean, uh, of course. I have a, I have a 
I frown on it some way. I'm not, uh, okay, that's what I'm I've asking. definitely come yeah. around on that where I was such a gung-ho, like, open it if you have it. Sure. Um, if you have a beer in the fridge, what are you waiting for? Drink it. Why flip it? I, the one thing that's getting back to flipping is I always tell my friends that are whiskey fans because uh, because of Fred Minnick's influence and people like him who are writers and podcasters. Who's that, Fred Minnick? The guy. Did you say the God? A guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, to some, he is. In a way. Yeah. But uh, what I always tell my friends is like, go ahead and pay for it. I wouldn't overpay for anything because you can't guarantee what's in that bottle. That's very true. I'm like, yeah, sure. like, well, it's just, you know, like it's $65 of reserve for reserve. Yeah. If it's, it's not the worst thing in the world, if it's not what it is. I'm like, okay. I was, I was, gifted, approach, yeah. I was gifted a bottle of pretty rare bourbon, not inexpensive and not crazy. And it was corked. I we apologize opened, we opened, for we that. We opened it up and it was enough. Um, I, I opened it up with my friend that gifted. I'm like, cool, let's bust it out. Let's, let's yeah. have some. And it was corked. It was completely destroyed. Uh, and like, what do you do with that? I'm like, I'm not going to bring it back to the store. I'm not going to be that guy. Yeah. So, you know, we ended up making cocktails and they were fine. I mean, the you know? corked thing is one thing. And honestly, the, the, the corked thing shouldn't really. Oh, that's what going through retail. There are certain so. retailers that have their trophy case where their whiskeys are on their side. They're probably I, I'll leave the store. I yeah. cannot handle even looking at that. Yeah, shit. they're probably all corked. No, my friend. Why would you say so? Why, my why my friend got corked? a full. Like, What's that? Why do you think they're all corked? We don't oh, store whiskey on its side ever, but yeah, and they're oh, under, oh, 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 under okay. lights. I meant like actually like to the side of the store, not the bottle on the side. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes, one hundred percent. And it also damages the whiskey too. Like, yeah. 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 No, my buddy Manny. It was I think it was my birthday, and he was so proud to bring this bottle over, and we opened it, and we were like, "This, <laughs> this is a counterfeit." bottle like somebody yeah. resealed this, this wow yeah, oh. happy. yeah. Mm. it was like watered down evan williams i'm looking forward and to a, the day and where happy, like i think it was a happy 23 mm. where the allocated was, whiskeys are readily available this is a dream that i have that all of these waiting line whiskeys yeah they're making a ton of it right now i hope to where there's eventually it's going to be the commodity that it once was and, and, and should be again. Give it eight years. It will. It, it goes yeah. back to like prohibition. Okay, so, those small guys grew up and they started making really good whiskey. Yeah. It wasn't just the giant guys that were producing good stuff. It was people all over the world. And like then you have the maker's mark that come out of that yeah. and look where they are today. Well, and that's that was like I wanted to touch on this concept of this Daniel Weller that's coming out that people are going to be slitting each other's throats for. More stabbings sure. than I saw on the red line today. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I apologized for that again. Profusely. Jesus. Uh, Zach is involved with all the bad things that happened to us today. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Fred Manning's going to be waiting at my house it's with the bad things, buddy. That'd be That's a, great. That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Record it. I would, it I would totally record that, actually. But um, no, it's it's cool. Like it's, it's giving, you know, some note to the tradition and the family. Like, uh, sure. what it's is it? Story. Johannes, I believe, was the original Weller. Uh, that brought the family here, whatever, <laughs> to Maryland. It's, it's, it's expanding then, their story yeah. line, yeah. which is look what Old know, Tub did. They made know? sure, That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, they they had a wheat farm. They literally floated down the Ohio River right. to get to Kentucky to then operate another wheat farm, and then Daniel, he's uh, Samuel's son, so he's the third. Uh-huh. Uh, he started making rye whiskey. Right. And then I think this is really going to put the Weller family up well, the there other, where it I should mean, be. I think, no. I think that's I, interesting with William is that he, when he married Phoebe LaRue, he took her surname. That's like in that time period. We're talking like 1800s. 
That's pretty, a boss that's pretty, move. That's pretty that's advanced. Very yeah. progressive. It's very progressive. Hmm. I was thinking more of it's kind of like a guy who has like a bunch of like needles in his Twitter bio. So how many times he's been jazzed with the COVID <laughs> vaccine? <laughs> different take. On a real tangent is from <laughs> that point, which is a really good point. That's what troubles me about Weller and everything on the Sazerac side. People is because are going to be killing each other the, for the that wheat, bottle. The wheat part of this of the whiskey world came from their concept of let's make whiskey with local grains. Yeah. And now yeah. everyone hits that note so yeah, intentionally. The, the Daniel Weller is made with this Egyptian wheat. So um, it's not even a local grain. I know. MG, no, but I mean, the, the, the Weller MG, family started doing that. That's where like, that concept oh, came yeah. from. It's MGP's like, yeah. been using rye from Germany forever. Well, and, you know. I mean, granted, that was Julian, in the industrial age, so, or post-industrial right. age. So, yeah, no, but yeah, I'm I saying, like, that was saying. the concept of, like, every small distillery talks about, like, how oh, we get our grains from, like, if we're an Illinois distillery, we get our grains from Illinois or Iowa. We get it very close by. They were the initial ones, not the initial ones, but they're the ones kind of marketing it that way, saying, let's use a local grain. No local way. Kentucky wheat. In a way, I think with with how many brands and labels that are out there right now, um, yeah. let's oh, say distilleries that say brands that I have a distillery and have say a, what I want you to say have a a built-in infrastructure. I think we're we're seeing it harder to get bicoastal representation as a brand. I think we're going to see that in a way kind of become more what, local. Okay. What okay. about Mictors? I just wanted you to say the word. What about Mictors? What about them? Mictors? What about them? Springbank Farm. They they own and operate their own farm that they use sure. their own yeah. grain and they use now, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Tennessee but for quite some time. Company, right. uh, they're Woodenville, still, Woodenville right Woodenville now, they're still farms. sourcing yeah. because yeah. they stopped in 2015, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah, somewhere around there. Um, but yeah, they still So have what, the what farm. was your original point with Daniel Weller and this coming out? Oh, that this is bullshit. It's just not... <laughs> It's on well, his most, I think most of the Weller lineup is bullshit. It is. It's yeah. on his. And the it's whole on reason his, that Pappy like Kentucky Van Tavern exists. What the people don't Julian see out there Van is Van that we have whiskey podcast it. bingo cards in front of us, and we mm. try to get our That's cards That's a really good first. point. You know, like what he did selling that. He was just a he was a salesperson well, for William. Right. Mm-hmm. But no, they think that. And at know, that we're point, we're talking about these brands selling right now. What does that do for the brand? Look what exactly. That, look what happened to that brand. And then exactly. And the hard ass work he did. To get it back to revive it to something where do other you not do think yeah. Yeah. that Julian? I think we're on the third right now. Yeah. yeah, is not like sitting on like a fur sofa petting a Dalmatian right now because in, in Michigan. He got, I'm serious. That's where he lives in the summer. I know. He got this recipe. You know his well his great great friend or yeah great great right mm-hmm. yeah. Mm, yeah, but they're on Great. their they're on their third generation. But he of brought doing it over. This. I mean, Buffalo Trace was OFC at that time, right? No, yeah. and so no. I mean, it, it, the the other thing that I will say is cool, and I think Buffalo Trace has a great tradition of doing so, and I think it's actually very heartfelt because I really like the story behind a whiskey more than like talking flavor notes. Yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about uh, having Brad Elliott or Brent Elliott. Shit, I always say it wrong, Brent. And Krieger up here the other night, but um, you know, there's there's just like this great tradition in the Buffalo Trace history of kind of honoring who got you there. You know, Elmer T. Lee made Blanton's. Blanton's, you know, Albert Blanton never made whiskey. Sure, he just got Elmer T. Lee drunk at the end of the night and took him to the racetracks, and they drank straight from the barrel. And so when Elmer T. Lee rose up to the top, he made. Blanton's. 
in Mashville too, in general. Like a lot of the whiskeys that come from the Buffalo Trace line are dedications to who came before. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool but tradition. That's what and the that's Van Winkles do too. I mean, that's be, what he did. And yeah. because of where you are and what you do here at Warehouse, with smaller and newer brands coming around, do you hear those smaller and newer brands broadcasting that kind of? They hopefully they all have a story. That was the other thing I wanted to ask that. you guys. Well, yeah. Let's go back to one of your original brands we were talking about. 50 minutes ago, which is Blum Brothers. They started that as a family mm. brand. They mm. want to like pass that down to their kids if they want it. I happen to, I found Blum Brothers that they're, be they're the son of Michael. That they're that forward thinking. No, yeah. we, um, my wife and I, Minnie, I like to shout her out. She <laughs> won't listen. <laughs> Trust me, um, they don't. <laughs> but we go camping in uh, Apple River Canyon like at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. And we'll drive up to Galena. And the first time that we did that, we were like, wow, this is really cool. Galena is super cool town. It's it's, beautiful town. It's like a fairy tale town. It really is, yeah. And um, we were just walking around, driving around a little bit and walking around a little bit and we just stumbled across them. And this is when Mm. they didn't, they were doing nothing on their own Mm. and they Mm. had Old Fandangle. Before Matt Brown? No. (laughs) Uh, well, I don't know, actually. I'm not uh, sure. Why are you going to... Why B- do you... BMB. Why is he like... Is he still with them? No, he's with Dancing Goat now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that, bro. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, no, we just walked in, and we had a cool tasting, and they were super sweet. And, you know, the whiskey was... It, it was like a wholesome kind of vibe to the whole sure. thing, you know? That was all those brands back then. Yeah. That was what few Koval. Uh, few never sourced their own list, or never. No, no, no but whiskey. the charm. It was like this, like. Oh, I see what you're saying. Little okay. humble approach of these guys that Scrappy were little upstarts. Yeah, like yeah. in the, in the yeah. early 30s, yeah. late 20s, and going for it. You know? Yeah, yeah, for few, sure. For sure. Uh, um, Don't uh, do it. Misty River, same way. Like the oh, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Yeah. So. Yeah, you can you can talk shit about whoever you want to. I Co- probably agree. Koval, they're kind of mean, it, man. They're like just mean. Yeah, I was there for almost four years. Oh, are you serious? <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. How is that? You summed it up very well. <laughs> okay. You're, you're very really you're really good at like making people's faces turn red today. I have nothing to I'm lose. Gonna, I, <laughs> no, it's, it is what it is. There's I don't think there's there's now no one there from when I started in 2015 working for or at that brand, other than the owners and the vice president that started it. Is the owner still the, it's like a husband and wife? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I kind of see it as like a proving ground that like, okay, you really want to be in the industry because people yeah. that are thinking about getting into doing what we do in some way think that it, we're like these magical little people that sprinkle whiskey throughout the land. And no, it's we're like, miserable no. and we don't sleep well. Right. <laughs> well, that's part of it. Yeah, um, no, but we did talk about you and I before how they were ahead of, they've been ahead of a lot of Way trends. ahead of the curve. Yeah, uh, a lot of things. Their lion, yeah. yeah, their Lion's Pride shit that they did back in the day, they did five single grain expressions mm-hmm. aged in two different char level 53 gallon barrels. Mm, and like, I, they appeared behind the bar once mm, when I was working. Smaller. And I was like, okay, this craft 
distilling was like kind of becoming a thing, but not really being taken seriously because yeah. it was insanely expensive. Yeah. And, and this, it wasn't there yet. And yeah. I'm like, these are super interesting and cool. Definitely. A regular oh, wait, wait. came in that was Are a you super talking nerd. about like, when they did the variations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was cool. For sure. I yeah. actually bought a bunch like, of those. I think like, it, you guys are, it, I, even then I knew it. I'm like, you guys are 10 years too soon. Like yeah, this. and they... I think they accidentally taught people what bourbon is because of what they were doing with the green builds and using millet instead of rye or wheat. The rice one was really yeah, cool. Because the, their 50, bourbon is what, 51, 51 corn, corn 49, 49 millet? millet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I know, that practice paid off. Yeah, I know it all. I mean, um, stuck the landing. Yeah, no, it's it, it's whatever. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and talk shit about a former employer. No, of course Where's I get me? But they definitely were on the precipice of this Don't whole talk shit, movement. but talk truth. All right. <laughs> I'm just glad I have an employer right now I don't need to talk shit about. Yeah. Be thankful for that. Yeah. And only praise. No, when I, when I started working with Ross, uh, I'm Ross Graham, America, who's American Vodka Distilling a Co. big now. friend of the store, and like Greg Metz, like I was, prior to signing on with Old Elk, I was extremely frustrated. By the and way, like, this 10-year-old wheat is... It's so good. It's very good. Yeah. Oh, God very damn it. No, like, I taste it. You, so could, this is you, our, could, you could put this in a Weller bottle and just interest some people. Ten, <laughs> for our 10th anniversary, we bottled at 110 proof a 10-year wheat whiskey, which is 95 to 96% um, uh, wheat, red winter wheat, and 4 or 5% malted barley. You got a plug? Goddamn right. I think I, you I just mean, threw me under the bus <laughs> with a minute crack. So, yeah, I got to make up some ground here with my boss that might be listening. Hell Christ yeah. Sake. Um, what were the, <laughs> wow, the nose on this is really good. What were the, so good, What right? were the other topics we were going to talk about? Okay. Was, I, I wanted you to started just, to get into the... Yeah, I wanted yeah. basically a, a do you agree or disagree? We're back. With the type of... Consumers. Uh, consumers. Sure, we can go with that. Okay, so you've got your collectors... They exist. Are we asking they, if they, they exist or if we're okay? Like we're we give them a, we sign you, off on them. Do you agree or disagree? I mean, what? I'm fine with it. I think people collect everything, so why not whiskey? Okay. Yeah. Fair. I collect women. Women. I'm fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> what? Are they in your basement? <laughs> they are. <laughs> okay. Flippers. Uh, again, you you mentioned it before. Your bottle. Do what you want with it. I don't. I don't love even, the practice, but I'll put it this way. I don't enjoy my interaction with them. Yes. I agree with yeah. that. I is very it, is purpose, it, I is very it the, give, give me a collector over a flipper. Okay. Yeah. Is that part of is that part of like the price that they're looking for? Like they bought it for fifty bucks, but they you can't get it, so they're gonna charge you a hundred. It's what it's I, the people that buy whiskey to show it to other people mm. that gets me a little squirrely. A little crush. Uh, I, I think the flippers very much avoid that. Here's the question though, what's the difference between a collector and a flipper? Isn't a collector ultimately going for isn't a collector ultimately wow. collecting to eventually flip? For a much higher price, than I, or, can, most, or can they exist? Most collectors I know think like it's an investment, like a long-term investment. What makes like it, a lot of the the collectors I know are like, this is my kid's tuition. Well, what yeah, makes, you know? what but makes a whiskey valuable? Is what's the, the fact that they're going to flip it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's okay. an interesting thought. Traders, traders, traders? yeah, traitors. Yeah, so they buy an EHT single barrel because they want a whatever. I trade. Yeah, I, I, I do it all the time. With it. I yeah. trade with my friends. Yeah, that's 
the that's, um, the, that's the last five minutes of every whiskey show. Local. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's kind of, it's it, at that point, it is sharing still, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Local barrel Because usually stuff you like trade that. with your like friend, I, you I, both, you open both bottles. Are we just, are yeah. we just totally uh, admitting to ourselves we're all socialists right now? <laughs> oh, hey. we, we, I think we did that yeah, on the last I'm podcast. I'm good with that. I've been socialist. Um, yeah, sure. I'm good with it. I'm okay. With uh, I support the fire department. So, what you want to have gift affordable health care? How dare you? <laughs> Sorry, what is that? People that buy just a gift, yeah, uh, that's my weak spot, as one, you know. Yes, the yeah. one I was gonna say, the ones I appreciate I, one, those people, the ones I, I feel too. sorry for the most for sure. because <laughs> they're going into a store completely about to get bombarded by an answer of or, an, an, an when angry like, but an annoyed person in that aisle. And some of them are super nice and super sweet, um, about you know. Your son has lofty expectations. <laughs> your yeah, your husband. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. Christmas time. Yeah, and this poor woman. But as you said, here, you're yeah. like, here's something that's really great that I can offer you instead of this. Yeah, which is that's that's where the the retail relationship should come into play. One hundred percent. Yeah, and then here's the easy one: the drinkers. Love them. Yeah. Yes. Cheers. Cheers Talk to the drinkers. I'm out because I drink too much. <laughs> <laughs> it is Friday. So what were you and your friend trying to get at when you were categorizing these people? So uh, this is a person I have a lot of events with. He rents the space quite often. And he... Kelly Nakagama. No, it's not Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't even charge her anymore. Um, but he said there's three types. Okay. And so I was thinking about that when I was texting you guys. And, what was um, the point of identifying the different groups, mm -hmm. if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I think the difference was collectors, flippers, and drinkers, really, was kind of what he stood with. And I don't, for me, a collector, I think it's the same, like you guys said. You're eventually, you're just saving this for no reason. Or it's on your mantelpiece, it's like a flex. I would throw in the curious drinker as well. The people that come in and be like, hey, what are you excited about? Like stuff like oh, that. Oh, those are my favorite. Yeah, those, those what, are the best. Those are the best. Wouldn't you say, though, that if you're a whiskey drinker, you're there's part of you that is this built is by really all of those? For sure. Because, I mean, like, I have I, I have some old Dusties that I, I would say I'm collecting. And How much I, are you selling those dusties for, old man? That's, that's what I was gonna say. I, I also have I have one that I know is worth a lot of money. Yeah, yeah. Like, I have an, I have a tailor from the fifties that's still sealed and has the bonding on it and everything, and a really cool decanter. Man, I opened. Uh, you should sell that. What is it, Austin? Whatever. Oh, I know that. It's Wild Turkey One Hundred and One. It's great. Yesterday, it's it was it's from nineteen fifty two. It was terrible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 But. Somebody out there is like, I'll buy it and I can flip it for more. Well, it's already open. No, I'm saying it's like someone has a mentality. How much are you offering me for it? <laughs> I'm no, you're offering me for the things I have. There's about ten ounces left in it. I'm not so. offering you anything. But like, <laughs> I will give you a discounted price on a Star Wars whiskey barrel. <laughs> See, now we're oh. now we're buying and trading. Ooh, Here we go. There you go. Yeah. All right. See, this is where this whole I'm telling you, this is where this like universe comes really bizarre. Right, and that's why we, we really the, we're fucking it's like trading it's like baseball you're trying to cards. Build and they have conversations yeah. In, yeah. in June about how do you build the perfect quarterback? You take Peyton Manning's mind, Tom Brady's arm, blah blah blah, and you, you take all these parts from like ten different quarterbacks and you build them to one. Well, it's not just the whiskey drinker okay, so in general. Why, yeah, technically. So, wait, do so you then guys, why does the retailer get lambasted for putting things on the shelf at secondary prices? We were just talking about that. Because they had to add things. Because it's bullshit. 
it's bullshit, but they're putting it out there. They loosely know what something is going to cost you on the secondary right down market. You the street they're, and they're, find well, so many things, things but you're going to pay not, yeah, secondary. They're clearly not developing a clientele. They see what it's worth based on secondary pricing, and that's what they're charging for it. Well, to digress slightly, based on Jake's Whereas, comment, Caveat to that: bars and restaurants can charge market value. I said nobody, digress. You can't caveat. No, after no, my no, no, no. And nobody says. I will, I will tangent. Nobody says anything about bars and restaurants charging an absurd amount of money for rare whiskey. Because we're all used to it. That's the same thing as being yeah. at, at the airport or you know anything okay. like Fair that. Enough. But it is it is more hard to go out and explore whiskey that way by not paying by by, by paying astronomical prices for a pour or something. Well, like sure. at Delilah's, yeah. But based on your... F- oh, oh, wait, you think Mike charges too much? Shots fired. No. Oh. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, yeah, 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 no, yeah, no. You would, can... I was you, just going to say, there's one of the places you can actually go no. and actually... Um, you can Mike, explore a tremendous when Susan, amount. When Susan was running Fountainhead, she was blending margins. Like, you charge a little bit extra for the stuff that... Yeah. I don't know. I think want. Mike's really transparent. Yeah. He's extremely transparent. I had three, yeah. I had three, three or four of his single barrels um, over the years, like dating back to 2013 to, I think, 2021, maybe. I had three or four of those pours, and my bill was like forty-four dollars. Yeah, if he knows you, he will take no, care of you. No, it wasn't even there. Like, that's, I oh. mean, Rick was pouring, but like, he, oh, okay, he's not gonna give me a discounted price. He doesn't need to. Like, that's I'm not asking it. I'm just saying, like, that was just what it cost well, to try this, four of these really feeds, interesting bottles. Well, this this feeds into what we were talking about last time too. Is like being a regular at a place. Like, mm. if you're going into a liquor store, hey, how you doing? Make it your weekly stop. Yeah. Stock up for the weekend or before an event or whatever. It's the same thing with bars and restaurants. Yeah, I told you I'm before. Saying, like, like, I'm not saying get in, get, m- try to get invited to their wedding, but be like, hey, birthday. how are you today? I'm going to sit at your bar on a Tuesday afternoon because I've had a day. What should I be drinking right now? And because they're kind of a low life. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's I kind of our job, that. though, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which is always shocking. I ran into three bartenders on the street the other day while walking to and from accounts. And they're like, what are you guys to? I'm like, oh, I'm going to this bar. I was at this bar. Like, kind of early, huh? I'm like, not really. Like, yeah. What do you think I do all day? Day. Yeah. Like I, this is how I sell. I go into bars and restaurants. So that you my biographer. Like Jesus, what are you talking about? It's our job. It's a lot of accounts in one day. I was like, why do people think like we come into your bars and restaurants and do it? Yeah, yeah. 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 it's funny. It's funny. I'm just having a session at seven different bars today. I'm doing my job. Well, yeah. Well, that did happen on Tuesday. So I think you made a football reference. I did. Yeah. I American don't. football. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know anything. I've heard of, what's his name? Clayton Man Manman. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, but you did mention, sorry to cut you off. Zach. No, you're good. It was going nowhere, don't worry. Aren't no, uh, was, <laughs> all of the consumers that Zach mentioned, aren't uh, they all kind of, aren't we all made up a little bit, of like, don't we all have a piece of yeah. each one of those? Yeah. yeah. And I think we do because, like, if you walk into my house and you go into the closet where all my whiskey is stored i buy every bottle with the intention of opening i have bottles that are unopened Mm -hmm. that have been there for a while so technically like i'm a collector because i have unopened bottles sitting on the shelf now i intend to to open open those but there's a chance i don't get to yeah you know several of those bottles just because you're gonna die I'm going to die. <laughs> and there's so many other things that I'm, yeah. that I, that I have open that I'm trying to drink or mm-hmm. I get yeah. a new bottle and open that. On, and it yeah. just, 
and that that bottle just continue, continues to move to the you know back of the line, yeah. and and eventually it just sits there. Yeah, do you forget? Sure. And then about at some point, like five years later, I'm like, oh shit, I have that bottle. Maybe I should just leave it. Yeah. Closed yeah. because it's probably worth a pretty penny at this yeah. point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You forget about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do it and too. And so yeah, it's it's a weird dynamic. Cause I have like two bottles where one I don't know why I haven't opened it, other than the fact that. Um, well, I know, I guess I know why, but I also don't know why, because I know the guy who gave it to me would want me to open it, who is Graham Cruikshank, the master distiller of Abelar. Mm-hmm. He gave me a bottle of Abuna Alba when it came out. And I think the reason why I haven't held on to it is sentimental in the fact that when we did that podcast with him, we were like 30, 35 episodes in, and it was like, it was the one podcast where I'm like, oh, we're like doing something really cool here. We just interviewed the master distiller of Abelar. He's yeah. an awesome guy. And he's an amazing guy. Yeah. Like we've, we've spent some really cool times together. You know, like we were at a party years ago and he's like, get me, I was gonna get say, me out, you, get me out did of here. Did you go out with him? Cause yeah. he, he goes pretty hard. <laughs> he's like, he's like, where can we find like a bar that Jake would hang out at? I'm like, well, Duke of Perth is a half a mile away. So let's go there. Duke of Perth. Yeah. Legend. Oh yeah. Legend. So that's, that's what, yeah. Like, there's a bottle. It's, it's like, it's a $130 bottle of whiskey, which is expensive, but it's like, but it's not like, it's not going to go up any retail value really, no. but I haven't opened it. It's just right. sitting in they're untouched. No, it's nostalgic. Right. And then I have, I have, I have, a, I have a bottle of Booker's from 2004 when Booker died. My grandpa retired from Jim Beam that same year. Autograph, oh, autographed that's, by, that's autographed by Fred No with a message on it. Oh, that's a key. Like, that's but like, cool. But, like, yeah, when cool. Do you, but when do you open that bottle? Like, that's the question, you know? It might be over. We'll open it. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the tough part. And that's... It's the one time when, I, when someone comes over, I'm like, yeah, grab anything off the shelf. I don't care. Except I'm that like, one. Actually, if anything's not open, just uh, show me first. I know. put. I'm sure we all do this. the The bottles that are on my bar at my house, mm-hmm. you can help yourself too. But the bottles that I don't want anybody to touch because I I am waiting for the right time. Right. Those are hidden away. But getting back away. to me not knowing, that, like, if it's open, help yourself. If it's not, just ask us first. Yeah, that's it. Not knowing anything about football, and I'm curious about this. Do you guys do infinity bottles? Yeah. You do? Yeah. I don't. I don't either. Um, I do, and it kind of started with... Star um, Wars is an infinity bottle. It started when I, when I started really? selling single barrels, because from, from our point of view, like from selling single barrels and stuff like that, once you sell one, it's just like you might have some samples left over. It's like, okay, well, I've got one for I've got one for bourbon, and it's yeah. like, what the fuck else am and I going to do with these? And all oh, my bottles one, that are so. stashed away in my office that are like that much, they're probably all dead. Um, I've got a bourbon, a, sky, a bourbon, a rye, and a non-Isla Scotch Infinity Barrel. Do you keep track like of what's in your... I did. I'm not really into that did anymore what did I you just I like tried to visit to, it. yeah and what did you think of the uh old elk infinity release um it's mm. received very well Those are um good. i really really enjoyed like it as em. well yeah. uh for me for our master's blend series um having mm. them open letting them present themselves giving them oxygen really helps this, this, this we is just a, focus on this ten year old. This oh is my god, so good. Yeah, Stop good. plugging his company. By the way, the Infinity Barrel is terrible. Actually, you know what? I, <laughs> that's cool. You know what? I will. It's I, not for I will pull. I will plug everybody. Old Elk any day of the week. You want to know why? Because it's the one distiller we have on that always reposts and comments and says thank you. We're very active. And I'm yeah. like, that's just, and that's all I ask for. I don't ask for money. I don't. And, ask we, for and we do that with everybody. Yeah. Um, our social media team. It's no. I mean, honestly, it means a lot. Like. The biggest podcast we've ever had is because Tattersall, um, we had them on. They they pushed everything out to their their community and 
they attached on to it and I was like, wow, like this is getting a lot more downloads than usual. And I was like, oh, because they're po- reposting everything right. and resharing everything, which is really cool. So no, old elk, you're in my heart forever until you leave. And then they de- are dead to me. Your episode with Greg, I'm still so upset that I, I didn't make it back from New York in time for that. Um, it bothered, like it bothers me. I still. thought I didn't He's bring a memory a card with person. me and I didn't have batteries. So thank God, Peter Kim had some batteries. <laughs> Who we're gonna have on today, but he uh, later on a Friday is not the greatest time. Uh, yeah, because he's high. I'll already. be stopping by Franklin really, uh, later. I'm oh. actually meeting Gerald O'Kennard from BTI over there. There we go. Um, you can have some. You ha- I mean, it was you who. You're such a good presenter. You're such a good host. Um, obviously, Ross, who. Ross was great on that. He's podcast. fantastic. Yeah. Uh, working with him is a total pleasure. People, he's a big friend yeah. of the shop. He has a podcast too, right? Yes, Does Ross have a podcast? But woodworking, it's, right? it's woodworking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is, yeah. He fixed all of our shelves and stuff. Mm-hmm. When, uh, oh, that's who did it. Yeah. Oh. It, it's almost serendipitous because... He's an angel. I started working here after um, after the, the looting and stuff like that. And I started Sorry doing the shelves, that. too. Like, I just... Was your fault? <laughs> I love that. You've game. already apologized a couple times. To her. Um, no, but and then Greg, who's just a born educator, like a born educator, like you cannot get him to be romantic I about whiskey. Like he's he does. Just, I seem to do podcasts like that a lot. They just talk and talk, right? Yeah, because you can just you know ask a question, and he has so many answers behind that question. And to supply. and it's an honor to get him in front of people mm-hmm. and to to have him talk and speak and do seminars and stuff like that because we've seen so many people who have done this isn't a shot to, uh, shot across the bow to anybody but we've seen right? so many people who have done so much less yeah. be celebrated and, and it's it's just like to be able to be like Greg like we want to get you in front of people well yeah, he celebrate awesome. themselves a lot he's just such it a can he, be, does, he does humble human yeah, yeah for sure yeah disarmingly humble yeah the great ones are so all right this brings me to the last thing I want to oh. bring up, and it kind of it loops back around a little. <laughs> to what? You're not nearly as good of a host as Jake is, by the I way. I think you're doing a great job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks. Weren't you guys going to start a podcast, you two? Wait, a what? Weren't you two going to start a podcast no. together? We're not that interesting. No, I'm pretty sure that was a topic of conversation in like 2021. 2020, Oh, maybe. that was like 12 years ago. <laughs> That's three to four, or two to three. Mentally, but. it's 12 years ago. That's true. <laughs> that, I, that I can. Uh, get no, I actually am gonna start a podcast with Matt in English. who used to work here. Oh, really? Cool. As like a newbie and like a old person. I'm the old person. I um, I love what he posts. I don't. Mm-mm. And I well, talk he, shit he to just, him all the goes, time, and that's why we're doing into this. it so hard that yeah. we've all thought about doing what he does, but yeah. we never would do that yeah. because we're industry professionals. But he takes it to that caricature level. I mean, you could tell he's an ex-wrestler because he's he's making he's a caricature of himself. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's, he's going to listen to this and he can beat me up. Anyway, back to He your, can beat all four of us up at the point. same time. I know. Okay, <laughs> so we had four roses here um, just the other boat. night. And uh, you, you probably know. I know you know. Um, four roses is probably the closest to my heart out of any oh, company. Really? My dog's name is Al for a reason. Uh, actually, my wife brought him home on Christmas Eve. Al passed away that Christmas day. I will not cry. I pr- Your I dog sw- lasted one day? No. Oh. Al Young passed away on Christmas. My oh, wife I brought this dog home on Christmas Eve. I misheard you. That actually happened to my cousin where he bought a dog and it died the next day. 
Okay, that's yeah. terrible. I almost want to hear that story instead now. Um, Al used to send me stuff all the time. I have tons of stuff from Al in my house that he would like write me notes on and stuff like that, a barrel head and books and just random books, mm-hmm. not even Four Roses books. So we, um, last year we were supposed to have Brent and, uh, and Krieger up here to do an event, and Brent got in a car accident and he broke his leg, and so we couldn't have them here. So a year later, we rescheduled it. We did it just the other day. And that's why you guys get these Four Roses bar mats. Um, but um, I they were here. Krieger and I at one point, who again, shout out to Brian Krieger and honestly and Brent Elliott, um, just delightful people. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, I walked up to Krieger and I go, is he? you guys aren't going to talk flavor notes on anything. And he goes, no, I don't like to talk flavor notes. And I was like, I hate talking flavor notes. I don't do it anymore. And he goes, I tell the history about the bottle and the whiskey. And that's all I think that matters because whatever you taste. And I said it before on this podcast. Yeah. If you like it, you're right. And if you don't like it, you're right. It was actually Jim Rutledge back in the day at my first whiskey fest. Also four roses. I Mm -hmm. was tasting four roses and I get to the third one of like five they had on the table at the time. And I, I'm doing the thing, I'm I'm doing the stuff and I'm swirling and I'm furrowing my brows. Like I know what the fuck I'm talking about. And I'm like, so are you going to do the thing? He's like, what? I'm like, are you going to tell me what I'm tasting, what I'm smelling? He's like, why would I tell you what you're tasting and you're smelling? Yep. Completely. It was a moment that really changed on how I looked at things. Krieger and Elliot. Yeah bring out aromas and they talk about it. I'm, I'm not against that. That's not to say I'm it's saying you shouldn't though. do it. But if you're in a person-to-person situation, if you're in the room with people, that's when you just open it up and yeah. just be like, hey. like, I like the history. I like the story behind the bottle. And it was a cool conversation with Krieger. I've, I love Krieger. We've been yeah. good friends for a long time. He gave me my first branded gig. And... Um, yeah, I basically was like, you guys are going to talk about this. And he goes, no, it's pointless. <laughs> I appreciate this so much. And Elliot, was, he was fucking awesome, too. And How did your, guests, just, did your guests say anything about that? Oh, they all want to. I shouldn't. God Be careful. Now. Oh, am I putting Should you in the hot spot now? Trouble every yeah. time I'm on this thing. Stings a little bit, doesn't it, sweetheart? <laughs> No, seriously, it wasn't. Uh, no, con- they, the, I wasn't no, trying the to guests all want to ask. They all want to ask. Oh, okay. I'm getting these notes. These notes. Is that right? And the answer is yeah. 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 That's cool. I, That's I really will speak cool. in 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 defense of tasting notes, just sure. because. Oh, I don't want you to. I, <clears throat> I don't. You all to agree with me. I don't think that you can. I don't think you can talk about whiskey or explain to someone about a whiskey. Unless you're talking about what you're tasting. Sure. I'm not saying in a tasting event like, like you're talking about, you're all here in the room. It's a different scenario. Like letting people experience the whiskey and letting them talk amongst themselves about mm-hmm. the flavor notes mm-hmm. and not Brent not saying it tastes like this, it tastes like that, it smells like this, it smells like that. Totally get that. But if I'm, try, if I'm tasting a whiskey and someone else hasn't tasted that whiskey and they want to know, could I like that whiskey? Could I dislike that whiskey? 
the only way to explain that whiskey to someone is how it smells or how it tastes. Mm. I can't tell them the history of that whiskey mm. and then they're not going to make a decision whether or not they want to try it or not. So sure. my that that would be my defense of, of tasting notes. That's very fair. Right. That's very fair. <clears throat> yeah. But in a, in a scenario where you're in a room and you're all experiencing a whiskey together, I totally get the the aspect. And I totally get the aspect from the distillery's standpoint of them not wanting to they say, do. this is how it tastes, this is how it smells. Because, again, it is subjective, and then it is also suggestive to say, this is what it smells like, this is what it tastes like, and then all of a sudden everyone smells and tastes those same things. Mm. But... There's, yeah, and there's, like... There's a place for with tasting somebody, with somebody no, with and somebody the, and like the position that Brent has. You don't want to lead yeah. the witness. Totally, no, and I that totally sort of get that. Yeah, sure. for sure. But you also and, that's and, a it's, good point. and you're very correct. And when it's a person to person, it's a hand to hand combat live event that you're doing, or something that's specifically targeted. If somebody's like like virtual trainings and stuff like that, mm. I yeah. wouldn't give specifics when doing them. But kind of just be like, this is what you're getting, and this is probably why from this grain and blah blah blah. Yeah, um, it's really, when people yeah. just like when they mm. put it just out into the ether as like a paper airplane, they hope it sticks somewhere. Mm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a different animal, and that's when you absolutely give taste. Yes, notes. like this is what I get out of this, mm-hmm. and this is why. And, and I'll just put it in the perspective of just what I do on yeah. social media. Is like, for example, this bottle I brought today, <clears> the Hard <throat> Truth High Road Rye. Like, how many people are actually? going to try this whiskey or seek it out like the only way they're going to know about this whiskey is if they come across my instagram page and they see me talking about it and then they want to know what does it taste like will this fit with things that i like when i'm when i'm looking for a new whiskey to try the only way for me to communicate to them is sure. through a flavor note or an aroma. I totally agree. And what sort of what sort of interaction? Because I love watching your videos. I love the content that you put out there. What sort of interaction do you get from your base with this? Oh, I'll get it. So if if I do a review of this whiskey, just as an example, I'll get a ton of people saying, "Oh, that sounds exactly like something that like fits what I typically go for," you know. Sure. And again. Those are just my tasting notes. It's completely subjective. It's what I'm tasting. But it gives people a general idea of what the whiskey may taste like. And if people who follow me and have tried something that I have talked about before and they're like, oh, like I get like pretty much when he says this and it fits with what I like, I know that I'll probably like that whiskey or I'll dislike that whiskey and I won't try it. What I see, and and forgive my comparison, and I, I hope I don't offend you by saying this. What I see you is like, is is you're getting up you're and, and you're you're, you're putting you're putting yourself out there. You're putting yourself in a position to be commented upon, and potentially judged and and react to and stuff like that. And and to me, that's really cool. Um, that that you're willing to take that risk and build in what you're what you're accomplishing. You because you love what you do. I don't see it as a risk, though, because... Why not? I, I literally say what I taste. Like, I've always said this from from the beginning of my social media page. is like, 
I seriously just say things that I taste. I'm not. I'm just going back to flavor memories there's not from a lot things of, that I. There's I've, not a lot of people like that though, that are willing to put themselves out there like you do. That's a that's. I appreciate you saying that, but I'm I I just. I'm just saying what I taste. Like you, if I say it tastes like a Smarties candy or it tastes like mm -hmm. X Y Z, it's because I'm going back to some flavor memory that yeah. I have, and, and it's and, a lot of memory, and, of course. And that's it. I have literally I, had. That's all I have to playing reference. Playing soccer as a kid as a tasting note before, but I just yeah, I don't I mean, like doing it anymore. I for the most part <laughs> I go well I like it, but I also. <clears throat> but I how do I know if I'm you. gonna like it? I know I've followed you for a long time, and actually, I, I take your tasting notes and I go for those. Um, I, you know, I the, I you're like right. It. Like the, it makes me curious. It makes me definitely think like this sounds like something I'm definitely yeah. gonna like. And maybe you'll try it, and maybe it's something you're like, ah, that doesn't sound like. I know that's when I unfollow you. my alley yeah. either. Yeah. <laughs> um, what you do too is you offer observation with minimal opinion. Like you, you get your, you, you drink, you observe what you're drinking and you kind of just let that flow down into the ether. You don't rate things. Thankfully. Thank you for not doing that. Yeah. And to be honest, I think most whiskey is made pretty well these days. So yes. most things that I taste, I enjoy like it's pretty cool. The whiskeys. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. I've had I some mean, really bad ones recently. Oh, I've had some turd Ferguson's in the last <laughs> couple of years. So yeah. I mean, there's definitely those whiskeys, but I feel like, and I don't want to make this about me Tuesday. at all, but no, I'm just, I don't, I don't just want to call out any yeah, brands or anything, yeah. but no, yeah, yeah they're all face. Most of them are faceless anyway. So whatever. Yeah, in any case, not, that's my defense of, I think of what you guys are saying tasting is, like art is the portal to the unseen <clears throat> and each artist has a different way of conveying the message to the individual, um, like crowd. Well put. And so like Very for well us, put. it's ours job is to paint the picture of the history behind the bottle. Probably for us three, that's what we do do the most is tell the brand story tell where this bottle came from and show it to the world chris as somebody who's online who isn't directing isn't uh connecting with people directly you know person to person to have that conversation it's like here's what i like about this whiskey you can't really you telling this story the history behind every distillery that you taste or do on a show it's not gonna make any sense coming from you because exactly. you're not studying it. You're not right. part of the brand. Like you can yeah. read the notes to yeah. kind of give context behind the brand, yeah. but your job isn't to convey what they are, who they are, where they come from. It's about what are they doing? And the easiest way to do it is say like, it tastes like yeah. this. Are and they you, making good whiskey and this is what it tastes 100%. like? Yeah. And then yeah. when you get back to your point of, um, you know, being out there in front of a crowd and trying to bring everybody together and have that conversation, it's also about like a stand-up comedian, you want to go out there and bring the crowd into like one cohesive unit so they're all laughing at your jokes, laughing at your stories, and it kind of feels like you're a part of this bigger, bigger than, bigger than yourself. You're part of like a, like a, I don't know, like a homogeneous network essentially. Where I mean, Ross, Ross and I lovingly call it that we are classically trained in the whiskey theater. Yeah, like right. it's it, like getting up in front of people, doing a presentation. You and I talk about it all the time. Yeah, I yeah. do it all the time. If I'm doing a live tasting or it's an event, yeah. Yeah. I will very seldom right. stop and ask people what they're tasting. And I totally agree with that from, mm -hmm. like I get that aspect of it. And this is just logistics, yes. like speaking, like, okay, cool. Right. It's, it's like, uh, God, what was, what's the comedian? I think Matt Reif. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Uh, I know. Really? I know. Oh, I know. He's, he's, he's funny. I, I he think he's was. funny. No, he's I think funny. he's funny. He's a total fuckboy. He's boy. jumped the shark a little bit. But, but what, <laughs> he, he, but he did a looks. thing that he's like, I'm, I, 
he did a thing and what he does in his media presence is genius because he doesn't put any of his routine on there. He puts his crowd work crowd on work, there. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to rob people from the experience of, of yeah. paying to see his show. Isn't that technically what we're doing right now? Exactly. It's a hundred percent what we're doing right yeah. now. It's what do you mean? It's, right. it's basically crowd work with four people. Yeah. Yeah, kind of exactly like oh you could like maybe uh, you it's come a million to, and four people by to a way. tasting at warehouse liquor maybe you'll have that converse maybe you'll yeah, have this I interaction. I was gonna get you with that but <laughs> all, like literally i mean what i do like i have my staff up here i'm just here when we have events uh -huh. anywhere between 20 to 40 people i just talk yeah that's my only job is to and I don't like the seminar, the classroom vibe no, no, of an no. event at all. I wanted to talk about events a little bit too, but I know we're running long. Um, Do we need to wrap it up? Like the difference between I like nowhere to be, but branded, corporate, <laughs> private, like you know, whatever. Yeah, events. We but, could talk. I'm totally. Let's go into events. Let's just let's well, just. Okay, I hate, but I hate branded events because you've got. What do you mean branded? And, what do you mean by branded events? Okay, look, I am not going to talk shit. About anyone? No, you're going to make but us talk shit by you your challenging have, questions. Okay, you you have a brand. <laughs> Let's just say it's... I'm not going to say one. Just then say, don't. It's X just say Whiskey okay. X. Yeah. No, because I also don't like that event either. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh, Remember the one year they didn't have music? Yeah. Uh, strange. I think didn't you? Or is that Whiskey Live? Oh, was Whiskey X this past year? Where Whiskey it was, X is like the new thing they've been doing it for a couple of years. Was Whiskey it the one Live? I came Whiskey to Live, see one. Yes, it was the one was that was Wendell's. so yeah. crowded over at Morgan Manufacturing that you couldn't. Yes, it, it was a it was a dangerous to be inside. Yeah, like, it was. I don't know. Oh was yeah. Was it? Yeah. Okay. Again, um, that's, I, that's, actually that's, that's actually when I caught COVID. That's actually when I when I caught COVID was after Whiskey X. I apologize for that too. Well, if you keep your mouth closed while you kiss. Um, have this problem. No, and we have events up here. <laughs> if it's a branded event, um, you mean like one distillery? Yeah. Okay. Usually, and we don't. Yeah, we so don't not, have like, to would name you, one. Would, not to like shut them up because I know we all love them, but like you're not saying a club like Women Who Whiskey. You're saying like a brand like Four Roses. So that's it. actually a, a a good comparison. To, I love partnering. Yeah, with yeah. Women Who Whiskey. They're my favorite. Right. Anytime they want to do an event up here, they, they've got the room. No, a brand itself, um, you know, they're, they're basically paying nothing, and it's a seminar. You're going to have the master distiller yeah. or the global brand ambassador or whoever. I'm kind of all of those. Up there. Yeah, you are. Wow. Yeah. You totally are. I bet you throw a great party. Um, Just watch. <laughs> and it's this, like, our presentation and everybody's just staring at like five Glencairns yeah waiting of whiskey waiting and then like when are they gonna eat yeah like, those are, are they gonna eat before yeah. they're boring yeah. right yeah, yeah. there's a time and a place so how do we yeah. how do we do it better so club events um that turns it over to my staff for the most part and it's just it's basically an open bar yeah just like a yeah. mingling it's and, a party yeah, yeah. It, corporate events how does a, how does a brand quick. then grab the attention of consumers 20 to 40 people i honestly don't think that the presentation at the length that they do it at mm -hmm. is important like if you did an event here for star Wars, i don't want to i was going to give you a discount but now i take it back okay 
I want to pay full price. You make it sound like it's his money. Um, <laughs> but no, I would prefer actually if you just like ran through yeah. like five expressions. Yeah. And we have them poured or we don't. Everybody has one glass. It's fine. We'll rinse them. We'll re-pour them. Maybe we do a welcoming cocktail. And then after you go through like a 20-minute presentation of this, they have an hour and a half to just hang out and drink all of these different expressions mm-hmm. yep. that they already know about. So question we, to you, Jake and Eric. Mm. Does that make you feel like you're connecting with the consumer, what Zach is suggesting, that you're just you're kind of just running through what's what's in front of the people and then you're just like, and now just drink. Do you guys yeah. feel like you're getting your, I guess your money's worth yeah. out of the event if that sure. is the. There's that huge pressure. To and be you sure walk around the out of the event. and you just, you talk to no, but everybody are you getting individually. The, are you getting your money's worth <clears throat> as the brand if it's just like. That's an excellent question. It, thank you here's, for asking. Here's what yeah. you're drinking. Blah, 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 blah. Now just. The next hour and a half, just do it. Do what you want. Like, are you sure. getting your money's well, worth out of well, something we're, like we're that? We're so spoiled for choice with everything that we do right now, and I think it's going mm-hmm. to start con- contracting a little bit. You look at some of the bigger whiskey events that are really expensive to participate in, and that's a big amount of money for smaller brands like you us. You just work the room after the presentation. Or, that's what I do when it's a private event for us. Or you don't I do go the to events everybody. and you do smaller events throughout the city with good partners that mm-hmm. you already have baked into what you do because we're out all the time. We're, we're in accounts and all that. It's it's, it's fine. It's trying to mag- <laughs> it's trying to get a return on investment or an ROI versus dollars spent. Uh, Diageo might not have as much cost consciousness as smaller brands like us does or do does does there's a question here's a question here's a question so say you do an event here at warehouse liquors uh on the second floor what's the yeah what's the what makes it a success for you if someone goes downstairs and then buys Mm -hmm. a case yeah like not not one person but a case gets sold that night is that a success or what makes it a success from the brand perspective? That, I mean, that's the immediate yeah. success of it Yeah. versus, all right, is this going to be a recorded event? Is this mm-hmm. a whiskey group that records events that they do? The uh, the group that we did up here, I'm not going to say who they are, but... Drammers. I'll uh, shout out Drammers. No, it wasn't Drammers, it wasn't Drammers that we did it up here with, but... They recorded the event. They broadcast it because we brought Greg in. And I'm like, okay, cool. For me, that's free press. I don't yeah. know where that goes. At a certain point, ROI is completely incalculable. Yes, right? for sure. But it's just like, okay, that was relatively low cost, high impact for us. Obviously, and Warehouse group, is already a huge partner of ours. That group buys a lot of balls in the brands they do events with. For sure, they do. For Four Roses. It's not doing things to do them. You know, it, whiskey's noisy enough. Don't add to the noise. Mm, great point. Like, be a mm-hmm. part of the conversation. I was trying to think, Chris, the event we did at Bitter Pops yep. a couple months ago, I really liked that. I'm still pissed system. I missed. I, I didn't go to that. Sorry. Yeah, you should be. Um, <laughs> like, built into the ticket was a, a dinner, um, a presentation by us, and a tasting, obviously. Yep. And then we hung out at the bar with people afterwards. It, it, it was a little long, but it was a tight knit group of like 15 to 17 people, I want to yeah, say. I like the smaller groups. Right, and it's in a small mm-hmm. room. So Smart I think intimate, you can, yeah. I think you, 100% smaller groups. I, I think Dave yeah. knows how to work a room very well in that presentation mode of like, 
just ask questions. Just go yeah, for it. That you, was a good event. Yeah. But like the smaller groups take it's a what lot you're of talk- pressure exactly. off us too. Like it's a bigger room. So I know when we were up, like I was up here for Ardbeg, probably what, 40 people here? Probably, yeah. Something like that. And like Cam does a fucking amazing job with, mm. with events. and Cam's insane. Right. And like, the, but that yeah, was like a typical, incredible. you know, we had what, like 11 Glen Cairns, mm-hmm. but we kept going through them very quickly. So it was a combination of what yeah. you're talking about. Like it was an hour and a half. Just him talking and us tasting. No, you guys all got drunk that night. I didn't actually. <laughs> I don't believe you. I didn't drink all my whiskeys. Oh, really? Yeah, because someone bought me tickets. So I was like, I don't feel obligated. <laughs> Who bought you tickets? Oh, uh, okay. I just, I just snuck in. Okay. Oh. So if you pay for it, a ticket, <laughs> if you pay no, for no, a I, ticket I, at I events. Anyway. No, I was, I was just not, not I was, you. Not you. No, I was driving if, the night. So I do didn't you feel drink that everything. if a customer pays for an event, that actually, they feel. Actually, drove me home that night. Never mind. That they feel obliged yeah, to Miller drink just like their, their money's worth. I don't think he's. He's, I don't he's think interesting. Ever, he never buys last, a ticket. He just gets in somehow. I think he goes to the back. I don't know. Yeah, and it's I a think very interesting the, thing to think about. Yeah. You look at like the uh, the cost of like whiskey. Excuse me, whiskey fest that is just mm. keeps on going up. Minus last year, I think they. I think it was around brought it down a little bit. Are no. you serious? But you have yeah. people that pay four hundred dollars to go drink What's whiskey for Kentucky a few hours. Over three days. Crazy. Like, do you think people, like, yeah, and like the VIP tickets, f- like fifteen hundred or something like that kidding? for three days. For three, for three days. days. To me, that's extremely that's nice. dangerous because then you feel like for the lay people, you gotta that get, just, yeah, you got to get your money's worth. Well, how like well, it's, and it's also in Bardstown, so there's no Ubers, there's no taxis, right? So right. everyone's even if you're driving just six blocks to your hotel or walking down a highway six blocks to your hotel like not good uh, not good we at all didn't, yeah we've not had to deal with that i always make right. manny drive when we go down to kentucky <laughs> no, no that's the thing it's like how many people then are spending eight hundred dollars for their wife or husband spouse whoever it might be to be a dd just to come to the event to drive them pretty much yeah. or to like come to like kentucky and be like hey i'm going to this festival for six hours i'm gonna get really drunk uh why don't you just go shopping for the day and yeah. pick me up? Well, we and go, my difference too between doing an event here mm-hmm. with thirty to forty people versus doing something with four hundred people is I'd rather get thirty to forty people. Oh, 100%. I'd rather get thirty to forty people on purpose. Yeah, you know, I, then the, just be I, like, gee, I hope you really buy my I whiskey someday, Mister. I think the whiskey festival, just like single barrels, is dead. I'm just joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, I'm you're gonna get no. strongly worded email. No. Um, <laughs> No, I, I have I, so many things downstairs do, that I was going I do, to offer you. And but I do, no, 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 festival, <laughs> festival, not classes. I, but uh, indie spirits, great because guess what? They make it yeah. accessible for people of the trade to come in at three thirty, four and o'clock in the afternoon. I go to whiskey festivals and, and Dave Schmier is a wonderful human. Okay, <laughs> like it, you, you can do that. You would be able to do that. No, 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 not. I, I know I can do that. I, can also pay five thousand dollars as a brand and go there and showcase my whiskey. But well, what am I getting yeah. back on that? But there's you been a couple just places go in and too try that is stuff and then leave no, no, no. when VIP opens. No, no, no. I'm not talking about me as what I can engage as a consumer about the brand. What are you getting out of it by paying a thousand dollars of a table mm, at a festival? Mm-hmm. There's are that. You, is, on top is that of... worth it? As a consumer, hundred percent. Like if you yeah. pay a hundred dollars to go to a whiskey festival, yeah, you're gonna get your money's worth. Even if you just have like ten whiskeys, depending what ten whiskeys you have. Might get your money's well, worth. There's right bars there. and restaurants too, yeah, but because whiskey events, because everybody knows like whiskey, kind of like you the can't buy them coming up. You know where they go after a whiskey fest? Yeah, I used Here. to make a lot of money off them. Yeah, I, I don't know that. Yeah, no, and I, so I, you I'm, can I'm have the event the up here. I'm talking about the the brands. Yeah, but for the brands, you guys are busting all this money, and yeah, they're gonna go and buy it, but they come here to buy it. They go to the local liquor shop to buy it because so they can't buy it there. So here, you can go downstairs and buy it. 
it's like, is it worth it for the brands that continue to keep paying $5,000 at the festivals? No, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm not, consumer, not. consumer. Yeah. I get it. Like, so I get it. No, I Some think private spaces yeah, so like the Kentucky this. bourbon festival yeah. is actually, I think, good for brands because now they can sell their whiskey exactly. at their booth oh, at the can. festival. Oh, that's what I was trying to so get. Thank you, Chris. So, yes. So last year I, t- I spoke to many brands. I just went around and said, hey, how's it going? Because last year was the first year where they could actually sell yep. bottles at, at the festival. That's a game changer. Every single yeah. brand huge, said. Huge game changer. I remember you telling the story about Absolutely uh, amazing. Whiskey in the Winter. Yeah. Whiskey in the Winter in St. Louis yeah. is like that. It's a direct-to-consumer um, like event, which is a Galena Whiskey Weekend. Galena Whiskey Weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. cool. And you like, can buy um, just stuff like that. Right hey, you just tasted that and liked it? it. Yeah. Well, here you go. You can For buy sure. a bottle. For sure. Great. Uh, it's when there's like bars and restaurants, and I don't know if you've been approached no. with events like this. No one likes me. That, That's true. Be like, hey, we're doing this whiskey <laughs> event, and I'll, I'll look at my numbers. I'll pull, pull the numbers. Be like, okay, you guys don't have my whiskey. Um, that won't bring, in a, won't bring in a brand, but they ask you to do an event and pay for it. There's a few places in Chicago that do that that is really strange to me. And I'll flat out say no. Yeah, like, if you're not bringing out, yeah. in my bottles, no. Yeah. Um, if you do bring in my bottles, We've had that awesome. Too. Thank yeah. you. This is a start of a relationship. Yeah. And some of the people just, like, don't get it. Right. It's like, like no. it's kind of like you're, in, a, like in my, a way, in a way, I don't think it's the wrong way. I don't say who. To be fair. To be fair. <laughs> it's like buying a single barrel but not having the core lineup on the shelf. Yeah. Like, well, could you buy like, our other whiskeys too that yes. will like help build the brand in your store? Right. I understand like it might be the initial process of like you want to buy a single barrel first, but we're going to buy it, bring any other brands. You're more concerned about getting your name on it. This is speaking to single barrels. You're oh, more concerned about getting your name on a bottle than you are in carrying my brand. Certain brands, It's sure. a challenging conversation to have. I'm sure you guys have faced that. We do constantly. Right. Yeah. Because you said, I love having craft. those conversations. This is craft, which is interesting because it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before is the single barrels and the allocations happening with craft brands, and technically it is. Well, Jay Henry sure. is like that's a that's a big no, one. We don't talk yeah. about them on here. Oh, okay. <laughs> Joe's dead to me. Wow, <laughs> that's all really? handsome man. Yeah, okay. No, all right. I'm just kidding. Oh, okay, <laughs> he's he's dead to me. Okay. <laughs> Well, no, I love his mom. No, it, yeah. I love his mom. That's awesome. That's Henry. Well, shout out. I love her again, too. I should probably be more specific. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh. Anyway, what were you going to say about the lovely people of J. Henry? I love to speak their prices, so what, what's up? Okay, prices. Yeah, but J. Henry, of course. But the, the one thing I will say, is, like what Eric was talking about, is when it comes to up here. <laughs> um, we're all dancing balls around the table. I think I like that one the most. <laughs> Is, uh, Best nose. It is. It, okay, a good example. Four Roses, the other night, we've got Brent up here. I actually, and I think I told you this already, I had Brian uh, Krieger sign my bottle personally in, in front of Brent. euphemism? No, I had Krieger sign my bottle instead of Brent <laughs> in front of him because I thought it was funny. But Maybe Brent, you should explain who those people are. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Brent ended up being a total sweetheart. I had, I thought he was great. I gave him his introduction. He was almost like he had borderline tears in his eyes. He, he was a, so thankful for it. He had a busy it. week in Chicago too. Yeah, like no. he was and worked like we, a rented. We've been waiting a year here. for him. Yeah. We sold we had like 
three cases of that every single recipe, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. And Brent, saw, he signed all of them. That's cool. I, we probably sold X amount of them. No, it, I mean, that's a, it sounds like that ROI was amazing for Four Roses. The shop made, the shop made money and so, Four Roses made money. I get cucumber skin off this. What are you oh, drinking? Stop talking the fucking sherry. flavor profile. Cucumber skin? Yeah, the sherry. Did oh, you get that? really? No, I get strawberry shortcake. Okay. I get grapefruit dust. Ooh. Yeah, y'all know what that is. That sounds like a haze beer. I get Mrs. Beer. Doubtfire's nasty underwear. <laughs> I get like a little bit of a cousin. Like it's like a Kevin Costner movie. Oh, maybe like a little bit Bull of a, no. It's, it's, mo- it's definitely Bolter. Bolter, fresh no, grass. It's a little bit more of a. Smells very what's, specifically of something you will never understand. What's the one where he's like there. throwing his last game and throws a perfect game? He's playing for the Tigers. What are you asking? Uh, I Kevin Costner movie. Yeah. He's, a, he's, oh. a, he's a pitcher and he's throwing his last game and he like and then like his best friend's son is like hitting the last last batter. Rookie he, of the year. He bunt. Yes. <laughs> great Chicago classic. Rosengardner. <laughs> Give him the old stinky. Jeez. How much editing Funky are you butt going to do? I feel like it'll be minimal editing. Usually it's pretty minimal. I yeah. know. I don't know why I listened sure, to the last one. I was sure like, Jesus Christ, he kept that in. What? Like the, what? The last roundtable. With us? Yeah. Oh. There's nothing, I don't think anything drastic in there. No, it's just, well, actually, when we were done, you were like, that was three hours. And then when I went to it, it was <laughs> only an hour and a half. So it's like, okay. Yeah, to do some work. We're at an hour 44 right now. <laughs> That's not bad. No. Well, for technically, us? it's hour 41. I think we were talking for three or four minutes. Yeah. That's pretty good. We could leave that in, too, though. What are you drinking? I'm in love with this uh, this weeded yeah, 10-year-old yeah, dollar. That really weeded 10 years. Oh, yeah. Ridiculous. I'm using the sherry. That's, that's insanely good. Um, I'm back and forth with the sherry. Okay. Yeah. I get cool. a little bit of, like, uh, fifth-grade science teacher. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where's that going? <laughs> Mr. Simon, you knew how. Is this... <laughs> We don't speak his name. Is this, <laughs> I am the one who knocks. <laughs> non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> um, uh, I done? don't know. I don't yeah. know if I even... Oh, my phone died, so I don't even know if I have more my phone. My phones are recording. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I do have a good question. I Okay, so I want input from both of you guys on this because you're <clears throat> in a, like a brand representation, and then I have one for you, too. Um, cold calls. What about it? You about do it? them? Not Constantly. here. Well, you would never do it here. You'll never I tried be one seen time. again. Oh, that you fucked right up. I like to. You know, I heard a story one time about how. Is this about Mr. Simon? Because I don't want to talk no, about it anymore. No, no, okay. no. It was a really interesting. I, it was about um, about wild turkey and about how they went around across the country to explain their mash bill and how they make whiskey and it really transformed them. And I was like. Well, I want to be the known as the guy that goes around and tells the story oh, of what Australian Hurricane. whiskey is and, and teaches the world of Australian, teaches America of Australian whiskey. So he was like, you know what? I know another reputation here, but I'll still just pop in, say hi. This was like four and a half years ago. I had shorter hair. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eric, anything going on in the old elk world you want to promote? Um, we actually 
sold our our first batch of cigar cut was such a big hit that we actually went so far to trademark the term cigar cut for labeling purposes. Nice. Very just smart. Passed. Uh, just passed. So we've got version two coming out. Mm. Um, it's going to be shipping the next week or so. So it's going to be in <laughs> Illinois fairly soon. And how it's going to basically evolve is we're going to do like a winter release and a summer release. I'm not a cigar guy, so I can't speak to how it ties into cigars, but... Apparently, winter cigars and summer cigars are a thing. Yeah. Seasonality sort of stuff. It's the wrap. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know either, I, but um, we we found a great amount of success with our first release that we uh, shout out to my fucking production team because they turned it around really quick that like we saw lightning strike and we got it to strike twice, hopefully, with this next one coming out. So nice. we're doing an event with... Um, do you have a bottle of the first one? Not with me. Uh, I'm happily to, happy to try you out on it. Yeah, give um, me a sample. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're doing an event with Davidoff Cigars uh, oh, next fun. week yeah. uh, with Uptown Cigars. Um, we do a Chicago Riverboat Cruise every year. This is the second year I've been involved with it. Um, I've known Phil and Joel and those guys over there, some of those guys for over 20 years. Do you get to gamble on the riverboat? <laughs> I mean, you got to get ten miles out to get in international waters. If I but, bring, you know, things if get I a little bring dice. <laughs> things I mean, get a little dicey. <laughs> what if I, I bring dice no, and some I got, it. I got the reference. <laughs> uh, pitching quarters is not the way to go. Throwing dice on the boat is. Are we invited is, to this event? <laughs> they're they're. <laughs> Let me that's see. A, what, that's a no. Let me see what I can do. Um, again, I'm not a cigar guy, but apparently Davidoff cigars hold a lot of weight. So uh, it's like McAllen. Oh shit! I don't want to drop brands. I believe you said McAllen. No, please I didn't hold. Say McAllen. No, please, I heard it. I heard it. hold back. Don't. It is anyway. It is. It's a lifestyle um, brand. Glad to hear it. It's doing great. It's a lifestyle brand. Uh, Chris, anything for Bourbon Charity? Yes, uh, the Support Our Troops fundraiser is underway right now through Labor Day, uh, bourboncharity.org. You can make a donation. 100% of your donation will go to Canines for Warriors and Fisher House Foundation. You can win some amazing bottles that are in the uh, sweepstakes for this particular fundraiser, so check it out, bourboncharity.org. You will be at Kentucky Bourbon Festival. I will be at Kentucky Bourbon Festival. Come say hi. I will have many bottles of Malort in my pocket, and you will drink it with me. You fantastic bastard. Are you going to record podcasts with me there? If you decide that you're actually going to come, yes. Duty calls in Texas. Have you been, Chris, have you been commissioned as a Kentucky colonel? I have not. You no. okay. brought this, yeah. Do you want to nominate me? Well, he's brought us up to me and nothing's we'll, ever happened. So we'll take this off the record. But yeah. All right. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, drink whiskey. Goodbye.